Craft Beer Radio, episode 217, on June 30th, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show where we just did a website. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> Brand new website on Craft Beer Radio. Um, slimmed down, stripped down. Let's call it optimized. Yes, I like optimized. <laughs> we uh, got rid of the Drupal and all the bloat and insecurity, and it seemed like it was just in time. We're running an old version of Drupal that they don't put updates out for anymore. Right. Uh, problem that I've learned with Drupal is when you start using a bunch of plugins that aren't core plugins, they often are not updated to the new versions in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. And by timely manner, I mean like two and a half years or more. <laughs> um so we were stuck because of a podcasting and a bunch of model, modules and whatnot. Um, and I was worried. I've been worried for a long time about security. And it turns out we, I did the migration today finally. And um, it seems like... Just in time. Just in time. There's pages missing from the site. Like there was some kind of SQL injection or cross-site scripting or something that was allowing something to delete stories dun, dun, dun. but site. anyway we're, we're the site's new so uh, but that's that's all about the site let's talk about the beer because okay. this is the beer part of the show we didn't do a pre-show so <laughs> that's kind of important that. i mean the the thing about the site that users will notice is that um in your itunes if you go into the detail right now on your iphone or whatever you actually have links to the beers and uh-huh. descriptions of the beers which you would have never had before um also, if you go into iTunes, you can download all 217 shows. They're all in the feed right there. Instead so. of having the archive feed like we had to do before. Yeah. So this is the uh, Ovala Abbey Double. Ovala is uh, made by Sierra Nevada, or it's brewed in collaboration with Sierra Nevada and the Abbey of New Clairvaux, which is uh, somewhere. <laughs> it exists, apparently. Uh, this is the, the Abbey Double. It's a it's a two fifty milli two hundred fifty milliliter Cajun cork bottle released in March twenty twelve, and uh, so far this is the only release. Yeah, the the Abbey's in Northern California. If I remember right, there's a story about how it was moved from New uh, Mexico or something, wasn't there? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. brick by brick. <clears throat> so uh, this is a uh, pretty. It's pretty dark. Um, which it's kind of standard for a double. It's you know I, I would say it's it's getting close to those you know twelve thirteen SRMs, if I'm remembering my SRM scale right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I never, never really. I think like sixteen is black, right? So yeah, you could be right. It's been so long since I've worried about the numbers of the SRMs. Um, but yeah, it's if you hold it up to the light, you get a nice tan, um, with like just a little bit of red hue or copper hue in there. It's got uh, lots of little bubbles. Boy, the head on this is worth the cost of the beer alone. <laughs> that was a callback to a um, review that we had. Yeah, a review from Beer Advocate for, from, uh, oh, now I can't remember who, who it was. But uh, anyway, on to the beer. So this was actually, I got this in Ohio. Uh, this Did, is. We get this at VE or the other one. Yeah, this is one. I think this was at VE. No, no, this was at. Uh, this is the other one. This was at. Um, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> it wasn't the Camelot or something? No, it? no, no. And, and I sent you a picture too. Remember? 
Yeah, it was kind of like the more liquor store of the two, right? It was, yeah, it was yes, like no absolutely. Frills. It 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 has uh, you know, it it has better prices than VE, but it it, it has a more of a focus on. You know, it's just you know, there's one or two shelves of beer, and there's really like one big shelf of of releases like this, mm-hmm. as opposed to VE, which is just like has one area with great wine and another area with great beer. Yep. But it's still, you know, like I said, better prices, and there's only it's basically on the way to VE for me. So, mm-hmm. right. We're we're getting this. It's a little cold, so we're give, warming this up a bit. But we have them in our favorite new Spiegelau glasses so nice really thin glass easy to put heat into the beer mm-hmm. get it warmed up and then once it's warmed up you hold it by the stem and you put no more heat into the beer so let's see i'm looking to see william randolph hearst purchased the monastery in 1931 and plans these stones for a castle even grander than his famous san simeon Although Hearst's plans crumbled, these historic stones will rise again at a California Cistercian Abbey. So it hasn't rose yet. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I heard the story a while back. I think it was at Saver last year. And as with uh, many things, my memory's not quite what it used to be, so I can't remember the details on that. So the, the smell is... um. It's very. It, I'm getting a lot of carbonic acid, and just that, that's really kind of what I'm smelling right now. It's um, a little bit, little bit of uh, dark malts. Yeah, the nose isn't too open for me. Flavor has. Mm. There's a fruity thing going on there. I'm trying to. It's not like straight dark fruits or anything. Uh, let's say. Yeah, there's there's accents of like cantaloupe and. Pears. and um, even a little mango or something. Yeah, pear, I think, is a big component of the flavor yeah. for me. Hmm. Very, very fruity. Most of that, most of those fruity esters are coming from the yeast, right? Yeah, yeah, from the uh, Belgian Abbey yeast. Typically, leave all kinds of presents in the beer for you to enjoy afterwards. Spicy. It's got a bit of a black peppery kind of spice the end of it very sweet mm-hmm. uh, it probably needs I mean I think the doubles is still one of my favorite um, one of my favorite beers to pair with food just because especially something like a burger or something like that goes so great with a double mm-hmm. just that amount of sweetness helps the helps bring some of the fattiness down and brings out some of those roasty flavors right yeah, no, this is a. It's good. It has a great balance for me. You know, it's it's it is a little on the sweet side, but um, you know, it's dry enough that it's not cloying. A really good balance. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I've had this before, but um, I'm enjoying it more now. Like just my palate right now is just saying, yeah, that's that's good. We had the um, we had the quad before, but I don't know if we we haven't had this one on the show. I'm pretty sure I've had the double. I know I've had the... What was the first one they put out? Was that the double or was that a golden... There's a golden ale they have. They have a um, a golden barrel-aged quad and double. That's all I have right now. I'm pretty sure double was the first one I had. I'd have to go back and look at my Twitter history because I, I made a comment where it was kind of disappointing and it, really expensive. It was the first one that was released. Yeah, I had it on draft at Mad Mix and it was 
real expensive and really not that special. Wait a minute. We, it says that the Barrel Age Quad is released in November 2012. We had it before. <laughs> Maybe we're time-traveling ninjas. Uh, I'm, I'm, it won't what? be the first time there was a mistake on a website, Greg. That's just crazy. So uh, if you, we're we're a little bit um, not so talky because we just spent a whole lot of time. Well, Jeff spent a whole lot of time working on the website. And I spent a lot of time sitting here, <laughs> really doing not yeah, much. Yeah, I had I was I was doing a bunch of. I dug a ditch today, mm-hmm. and it was hot. It seems like it always gets hot when I have to dig ditches. Um, then we shot off some fireworks for the kids, little little kid type yes. fireworks, nothing too exciting for adults. And uh, yeah, then we just wanted to launch the site today, so I wanted to, you know, we wanted to shake out some couple bugs that we had found and get the show put last, get the two sixteen show posted. And here we are. We figured that I know while we were here, we should drink some good beer, and if we're gonna drink some good beer, Might we should include you guys. Yeah. And and fill you know put lots of dead air that you have to suffer through too. That's the price you got to pay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am. I'm. I'm kind of sleepy. I'm not at the top of my yeah. game right now, so forgive me. But that's what we're charging you. So <laughs> the dead air. That's <laughs> that's the fee. Yeah, you have to suffer through that. Oh uh, yeah. So um, I'm trying to think beer with a beer wise. What what's been going on? If there's been a oh, did you see that Anheuser Busch bought um, Coronas um, Negro? Or Modelo Incorporated? No, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. Anheuser Busch is buying. Uh, They're buying Corona. Corona, or just They're buying the... the whole brewery, the oh, whole okay. Modelo, Cerveza LLC, whatever. You know. And that includes Corona. Corona yeah. Do, well, Budweisers or Imbev. It's uh. Well, Imbev Budweiser or Imbev. It, it, no, it's 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 Budweiser Imbev or AB Imbev. AB Imbev. Yeah. So. ABM of Modelo. I mean, and then the story even went on to say that um, something about paving the way for the purchase of Miller Coors. Could you imagine? Or Sad Miller, Sad Miller, I guess. So ABM of Modelo, Sad Miller. <laughs> I, I, I think it's it's really interesting. It's that... like one big beer company, and then you know. 3,000 craft brewers. I, I think it's really interesting that you're seeing this. I mean, we've noted before how beer has suffered uh, in in the, you know, other than craft beer. Craft beer has been great, but during this whole recession, beer has suffered significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, you know, I have I have my theory as to why it is that craft beer has rose. Uh, I think it's that, the, the idea that, uh, People can take less in the way of extravagant vacations and stuff. They have to save mm-hmm. their save their money, so they're getting their vacations one bottle at a time, if you were. They're okay. getting their luxury in a quicker and easier way. Right. And so craft beer is benefiting from that. So it may turn out to be that should the economy jump up, craft beer may not be uh, may may start to lose some ground. Maybe. And you can get your foie gras, one peanut butter and jelly sandwich at a time. Right. Uh, but but the idea that all these all the big ones are consolidating is 
uh, I guess, I mean, I guess Corona is like the one of the biggest sellers, right? It's the biggest import, yeah. biggest U.S. import. Uh, company wasn't as big as you might think when they said the numbers. I don't remember the numbers off of my head, but it was like, oh, I mean, it's still a very big company, right? But it's not. So they're not making billions, they're making like hundreds of millions. Is, is that what you're getting at? I, I, that could be true. Or if they are making billions, it's it's less than three billions. You okay. Know, so, so not. I can't remember the details, but I read it. I'm like, oh, I mean, it's still big, but it's not as big as I might have thought that the the Modelo Group, you know, was. Uh, but you know, when they like teased out that you know Aunt Bush might be just getting ready to purchase the number two biggest beer company right. in the world that what how can number one by number two and what's weird is is you think about it i mean i guess that's you know it's just the way it is with all with 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 all the beer companies because they have their own weird selections but like bud light lime is supposed to generally compete directly with corona yeah they and, talked about how combining okay so numbers are starting to come back to me I think they bought the Modelo Group for like 1.2 to 1.8 billion dollars. They expect the efficiencies of being under one company to save 600 million a year. I can see that distribution and all the other yeah, stuff, sure. Yeah. And and people don't care where they brew Corona. Mm-hmm. People are not like, oh, you're oh you're gonna brew this in in St. Louis now. <laughs> Or wherever, mm-hmm. you know. Now I want the stuff that's brewed that, that they tell me is brewed in Mexico, but it's actually brewed in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's. I mean, I'm not surprised. It's just interesting that you know, like, it's it's in everyone's best interest to that's you know that's the owners of Modelo are making a lot of money selling, and Isaac Bush is going to make a lot of money with the brand. I mean, but like. Seriously, there's gonna be like one big beer company in like five years. Well, Miller Core is is combined, right? So well, it's Sad Miller, and then they have, the, they have that marketing or distribution thing with Coors, but Coors, but Coors I do not believe is owned by okay. Sad Miller. Um, but yeah, they're talking about it has a ABM Bev wanting to buy Sad Miller next. The the plight of the shitty beer companies is uh, is surprising. Yeah, and you know it's hard. There's, I mean, there's InBev stuff that we like, right? And there was at one time a few Budweiser products that we could say that we liked. Um, yeah, a lot of the Michelob label stuff, other than just Michelob. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about briefly while we're you know just kind of finishing up this beer is you know the Brewers Association talks about how there is like. A thousand breweries in planning, you know, craft breweries in planning, uh-huh. and that's a big number. It's maybe it's not a thousand, but it, it's like thirty percent of the breweries on the rolls are in planning. So right. you know, it's probably a high fallout percentage that don't actually open their doors, things like that. Uh, but you know, recently it was like I'm starting to hear about all these local area breweries. In planning going to open like the one in Braddock, the the two gentlemen, uh, you know you got some that are open like Helltown and whatnot. I mean, a lot of uh, new and and upcoming breweries in Pittsburgh that you know just had just popped on my radar recently. So 
I don't know. I'm kind of excited. The, the question is, are, you, are, are we going to get oversaturation in the market? I think you know there's still there's still that growth thing you know get get a bigger pie you know every brewery gets a, a piece of a bigger pie instead of a, you know trying to get a bigger piece of the same pie. Um, there still seems to be you know that craft beer growth of double digits year over year is still supporting that. Hmm. I I'm hopeful. And, you know, of course, having lots of great beer around is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But there there have been some, you know, some not-so-success stories. Well, sure. But it's not like, though, it's just like a restaurant, right? If it's not a good restaurant, not a great restaurant, they're not going to be around long, right? I mean, it's, it's the whole capitalism thing, right? So, yeah, there's, you know, maybe... You know, I forget the number, but there's at least uh, five breweries I'm planning I can think of. I think I saw like ten or twelve actually, like not, like reaching a little bit further out of Pittsburgh. You know, not all within you know twenty minutes of here, but uh, a lot of stuff going on, and uh, some some won't make it. That's the nature of business, but I, th- I think that it's a it's a pretty cool time for, uh, you know, a lot of people are seeing this in their local markets, and, you know, I'm finally seeing it in Pittsburgh. We're like, oh, wow. You know, there's a, there's a shoe brew, which is looking to open a brew pub in the North Hills. Mm-hmm. There's Butler Brewing. You got the guys in Braddock. You got, you know, I'm drawing a blank on a couple it, of it's It's stuff. a long and far way away from when we started, what, seven years ago, and there weren't really, you know, the church brewworks was basically... The only church and pen. Oh, right? I mean, think about you know certain things, and this is going to get a little nostalgic. I'm not going to get you know sentimental about the show or anything, but yeah, seven years ago, think about where we had to go to get craft beer. Mm-hmm. There was two places I had to go to. We had to either go to D's in Regent Square, or I had to go down to Bridgeville to the Pittsburgh Bottle Shop Cafe. Right. You know, there was like no other convenient places to go to, and now you can get it at the local grocery store, the Giant yeah. Eagle. You know. Um, big difference and huge difference over seven years um same thing on beer bars i mean the mad mex in cranberry i don't think was open seven years ago mm-hmm. uh it was pretty close to about that time but i don't think it was open and there was, i know if you went downtown to any bar there was not a selection of craft beers maybe you'd see sam adams yeah. maybe but now it's a totally different story not only are there I mean, maybe, I guess Fatheads was still there at the time, but oh. not only are there... I mean, yeah, there was Pockets, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Smoke and Joe's was there. Piper's was, I think, really new at that time. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, just going to a normal restaurant and expecting to get a good beer. Not yeah, something you'd say. Big yeah. difference in seven years. It's... it's in, when when the market grows that much, the, the rest of the world, or the rest of uh, the places that use that market... Mm-hmm. Take you know see that and they will start selling that because they can make money. I mean that's the reason why restaurants sell you wine because they make a huge amount of money on it. I don't know if you've ever looked at the price of, of a wine bottle at a restaurant versus the price of a wine the same wine bottle at a wine store. Usually twenty to twenty five dollar difference. Well, it depends if that if it's a four hundred dollar bottle of wine. That's a small difference. That's a small difference, <laughs> but uh, like you know I've I've seen like a, a Beaujolais that I like. On some really awesome restaurants for, for like forty dollars, whereas you could probably find it for twelve. Okay. 
I poured a little bit more of this uh, this avala mm-hmm. from from uh, Sierra. I am really digging this. I I'm pretty sure this is the one that I had where I had high hopes, and I'm like, oh, not good. Uh, overpaid, underwhelmed, but no, this is living up to expectations tonight. Maybe it was just um, the way it was handled. I mean, it was draft, so so it really probably doesn't, not. Doesn't have an opportunity yeah. to really be mishandled. Maybe that's part of it, though. Maybe like maybe they referment in the bottle or something. Yes, that pro- that's a good point. It's maybe some of the I mean, bottle this fermentation is, this helps. This is caged it. and corked. I don't know for sure, but I would presume this is refermented in the bottle. So maybe the draft product and the uh, bottle product are completely different. Well, yeah, not not completely different, but significantly different. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about how yeast not only um, you know, is used to to add carbonation naturally, but it can sort of maintain a beer, mm-hmm. right? And and keep it from spoiling and keep it and it, it, it's uh, it's they call it keeping it alive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maintenance, you know, we've said that before. You know, I think that's a great way to put it. It, it just keeps, you know, it, it turn, checks the light bulbs. It, it makes sure the pipes aren't leaking. Uh-huh. It just keeps the beer in a better shape. It just maintains it where a filtered beer is a dead beer. And it's starting, I mean, rot, right? It, it's it's Basically. more or less starting to rot. It's starting to degrade, to decay. And you want to drink those fresh. But, you know, a beer that has... You know, that's still living is just going to change, and it might not be as good, but it's going to be something. It's going to be different. It's not going to be dying. Yes. So all those filtered beers are death beers. They no, are drink them dying. Fresh. Oh, I saw. No, I've never seen a case of Pliny the Elder from Russian River with my own eyes, but I, I saw just saw a picture on um, you know Facebook photo the other day, mm-hmm. and it's like. And the biggest letters you can get on the top of the case is, drink this beer fresh, do not age. You know, because it's a, you know, it's an amazing double IPA, and you know, Vinny's taking as much real estate as he can, right? To say, just because you scored a case, don't save it. Yeah, drink it, drink it, drink it. And that's different because filtered or not that that's a hop thing you don't want hop fade yes. on that beer so that's that's kind of a different aspect. so like you wouldn't see that with a barley wine you wouldn't see that with um with, with an imperial stout right but you would see it for a different reason on a filtered amber or yes. filtered brown ale right? sure because that's the kind of beer that's just gonna not really have hop fade but it's gonna die yeah. yeah the the general rule is you could save your beers if, if they're high alcohol and if they are not particularly hoppy. So the astute among you might be saying, well, why do people filter their beer if it causes the beer to die? Well, it's a double-edged sword because, sword because it gives you shelf stability. Because if your cleanliness isn't perfect, um, when beer is out in the world, your your live beer might might take a left-hand turn in Albuquerque and yeah. you know, do something bad and start getting all the vinegary on you. Where if it's a stable beer, a dead beer... Dead such a bad connotation. So dead stable is so the same. You know, it's not going to make that wrong turn. It's just going to slowly degrade, slowly degrade, slowly oxidize essentially, yeah. slowly cook. Yeah. Is essentially essentially what's happening to it, right? Um, the oxidation process is a cooking process. It's, it's what happens when the beer goes through heat changes. In fact, it, the beer would actually be fine if you kept it at ninety degrees and you just kept it there. Uh, 
as long as you don't go from 90 to 70 and 90 to 70 and 90 to 70, that's the problem. Those changes in temperature. So if you kept it hot, it wouldn't be nearly as bad well, as if you had drastic beer changes. Having having daily changes. Like yeah. If it's, you know, daily changes is the worst because that something about the ramping up, ramping down. But storing it hot does accelerate aging. I mean, there's places like QA Labs, you know, quality control labs yeah. at breweries. They'll store the beer at 90 degrees. And I forget the ratio, but it's like three or four times as, you know, aging. So they don't run it through the cycles daily. Yeah. They store it hot and it ages the beer faster. So. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure it does oxidize quicker. But like I'm saying, yeah, the, the daily cycles would be the worst case scenario. Yeah. If you have to store it, store it someplace where the temperature stays the same, mm-hmm. be it hot or cold. But if it's hot... Drink your beer quicker <laughs> rather than not. Although 90-degree beer, I can't imagine it'd be good in any in any situation. At least cool it down first. Yeah, there there was the one beer. I still got a couple bottles in the cellar there. The Inubu Coquelichos. It's a cherry beer. And on the bottle, it says you could drink it on ice, you know, like on the rocks. Uh-huh. Or you could drink it warm. And I tried it warm. It was pretty good. It was like, think like a hot apple cider, but with cherry. You know, I can see that. Cherry. Um, so there are exceptions to the rule. Yeah, but that's the only beer I've had that I, I'm pretty sure that's the only this beer that... Is, this chair is just is dropping leak, on me. Is it leaking on you? Yeah. The cylinder cylinder went bad. Um, yeah, the Coca Chose is the only beer I can think of that, you know, says you could drink it heated. There are probably other beers you can drink heated, but would you want to, you know, go with it? Mm-hmm. Is the question. So the the next beer and probably the the, the last beer. So this is going to be a short show. We're already twenty five minutes and we've only done one beer. So well, that was kind of the plan. Yeah. Uh, this is the Ten Commandments from Lost Abbey. Uh, I think I got this at VE also. Um, I think this was probably donated by... No, because I did buy some... some uh... Lost Abbey? Yeah, sure. This doesn't have a price tag on it like the other one. It also doesn't say Mike or Gary. So, and those are the two prime candidates for... Um, I'm pretty sure I got this one at VE. No, no, I've had this one in the fridge. This didn't come with your order. Okay. This came from somebody. Thank you. Thank Anonymous you very much. donor. Mike, typically, Mike and Gary. Oh, actually, you know what? Gary doesn't put uh, labels on his. So. Oh, so okay, so it's probably Gary. Gary so yeah. sorry, Gary, for for stealing your thunder. Thank you. Actually, uh, we have something. Yes. For, we're sending something to Gary. Yeah, we have. Um, we got. Well, if he listens, he'll know. Yes. If he doesn't, he'll be surprised. Uh, we're going to send him uh, Saber Flowers and uh, Terra Incognita. Last Hope Saber, Saber Flowers has maintained itself. And and uh, we haven't tried Terra Incognita. I had it. You at, had it at, at the show. At the show, yeah. Um, excuse me. Yeah, I've got a couple other beers I want to send Gary that are limited release. Uh, thank him for his uh, his amazing donations yeah. over the years. And uh, you know, for for other guys like Bill, uh, step it up. <laughs> no, we'll 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 find some way to to, to help you out too. Um, you know, we we've uh, we've done what we can for JD. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, this is different aroma completely. So the Ten Commandments is the... 
It's their it's their quad, I guess. It's their midsummer, uh, early autumn release. So this says ale brewed with raisins, and really from the nose, there's there's no surprising there. It is this big. It it's raisiny, but it almost the first sniff because I'd forgot that it was fruited like that. It it almost had this like root beer syrup type smell. Yes, yes. Like you know, think imagine what you know, not the root beer that comes out of the fountain drink. But, you know, maybe what the syrup tastes like when it's, you know, concentrated or smells like. 10% alcohol by volume. I am slowly, slowly dropping my eye line oh. to Jeff. <laughs> slowly dropping to get down. a new studio chair. I've had that one for... Oh, I've had that one. We've had that one the whole time. So we've had both these chairs the entire time. <clears throat> Fresh beer is great. Aged beer. Oh, there's a whole bunch of... Oh, here's the Ten Commandments. The, there, there's actually ten commandments. There okay, are. okay. We'll go through them one by one. We'll see whether they're valid. Okay, number one. Okay, so let's see. I'm not sure if this first one is the commandment. The most imaginative beers are our crusade. So maybe that's just the intro. For an imaginative beer, an imperial stout or a um, sorry, a quadruple brew with raisins is not to me a particularly imaginative beer. Okay. So I'm I find not sure. That. Let's see. So I'm not sure if that was number one. They're not numbered. Uh, we believe we are all in this together. Okay. Okay. That's, that's for, sort of a, the we are. I am a craft brewer. I am a craft brewer. You know, YouTube, which was just stupid. We strive for honesty and integrity in our lives, like you. That's kind of an empty platitude. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Fresh beer is great. Aged beer is better. Again, we just <laughs> talked about that <laughs> yeah, and yeah. how that's not at all necessarily true. Well, when it's this kind of beer. When it's this kind of beer, it's true. Yeah. But this beer, like you said, has been hanging out in your fridge. It really hasn't aged. It was on the shelf. I put it in the fridge a little bit ago because I wanted to get it onto a show, but okay. it was in the cellar for oh, a okay. while. Oh, okay, so it has aged. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah well, they, they, that's another thing. We didn't talk about this, but the beers really won't age that, that much at all if you keep them cold. Now that you've found us, help us spread the message. Well, what a, message? Craft beer. Lost <laughs> Abbey. I don't know. There is good and evil in the world. Our beers are good. <laughs> These aren't really commandments. No. Um, passion isn't something that you can buy at the corner store. I, I would think that, if anything, the corner store is where you would buy passion, not the Mega Mart. So I take issue to that yes. one. We believe... In an inspired life, oh, we believe in an inspired life is worth living. <laughs> I think a boring life is more worth living. Life is about choices. The Lost Abbey is a great choice. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm, I'm, I expected some more insightful. Yeah, some something to, to 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 sink your teeth into. But these are all either ridiculously horrible platitudes or just blatantly wrong. We are not perfect, but no one is. Again, another ridiculous argument plan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's like that's like life isn't fair. You know, yeah, I get it. So those are uh, the Lost Abbey's Ten Commandments. Um they need to hire the uh label writer from Stone. Or just not put Ten Commandments on the back of the Ten Commandments. Because I would have no issue if there was no Ten Commandments on there. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you there. Are there ten? Did we count? Yeah, there's ten. That first one mm-hmm. was a commandment, too. 
but it became more obvious as I read more nonsensical commandments that the first one was. I thought they'd be more more beery, but they're more hippie. <laughs> this beer smells so good. I think the, I, I think I have, my biggest problem is passion isn't something you can buy at the corner store, and I completely disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I think I'm more with you on that. I'm trying to think what they might have meant, but and I think what they mean is that you, you know, you you have to be filled with passion, and you can't just you can't buy it. Yeah, you can't buy it to be filled with it. And and to me, it's like you know, well, you can get the results of other people's fashion passion. That to me is um, we have one right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and someone bought it at a corner store. Yeah, the smell is is the wonderful caramel, raisiny, mm-hmm. um, beautiful bouquet of, of this malty, delicious. Scent. There's a flowery thing going on too, both in the aroma and the flavor. Um, I don't know. Maybe is it is it just me putting subliminal subliminal messages in my own mind? No, they're subliminal. Subliminal. Yeah. No, it. I'm getting a little bit of rose, like you know, like. Say for flowers like rose hips or rose water or something. The after flavor, the the stuff coming off, right, the, mm-hmm. of, of your tongue, the the, the volatiles. There's a um, I'm, it, it tastes flowery, but I'm trying to quanti- quantify it in some way that's a little bit more uh, discreet. Or uh, I'm getting a lot of that rose though. Not I'm not so much getting rose as I am getting this kind of. Flowery rose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh no, I can't pull it out. Um, maybe more hib- hibiscus. I was thinking hibiscus too, but I mean, it reminds me so much of because we've had a couple beers of rose, right? We've right. had the savor flowers. We had that one from Southampton, right? And so, I mean, I mean, unless hibiscus in beer has a very similar thing, you know, I haven't had a specifically hibiscus one. I don't think. Maybe we have. Yeah, maybe buttercup, maybe dandelion. It's, mm-hmm. There's something... It's something sweeter about this, like more perfumey than than like wildflower, like dandelion, mm-hmm. daisy, you know, which is a little more... A little more... Um, and I bet, I would bet money that that's a component of aging. That the aging caused this flavor be. to to come I out. I mean, when I my first sip was wondering if it was oxidized or something like that. If it is, it's 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 the most it's a, it's a wonderful beautiful oxidation. oxidation. It, it's I a, mean, because it, it just maybe it's not the perfect awesomest flavor, but I mean, it's it's definitely intriguing and it's like um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. I was trying to think of a pop culture metaphor type thing, but. <laughs> I'm not sure enough. I'm not sure enough about it to, to say it. So well, like we said, oxidation is cooking, and so mm-hmm. um, you can overcook something. Uh, but we like tartare, and <laughs> so this is if it's cooked, it's cooked just enough so it's seared on the outside. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's an analogy for you, a tortured one perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Now this is tasty. This is very tasty. Tonight, beers are... Maybe it's all that hard work I did today that making everything taste great because this... 
We've had Ten Commandments before. I can't remember exactly what it tastes like, but I don't remember like being like, oh, delicious. <laughs> It's it's been it's been a long day. It's hot out there, not as hot yet today as it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was was an oppressive, disgusting day. The kind of day that makes you revile summer. That makes you just <laughs> like want to strangle summer for existing. So says Greg. I took off yesterday and went to the pool with Allison and Max like the whole day. So I had a pretty good day. Yeah, I was working in West Virginia where it was ninety nine degrees. Mm. We had I mean, I was inside, but when I when I, when you open the door and you hit the outside and you hit this kind of wall of humid ninety nine degree air, you, you felt like you know humid ninety nine degree West Virginian air. It was so close to the Pennsylvania border, it wouldn't have mattered. I actually did, you know, push into Ohio because I need to go to the bank. So it was the same as Ohio. As a, so I, I was in three states yesterday. You world, Can you say that? You world traveler. No, no, I was, <laughs> I was in one township yesterday. Uh-huh. I didn't even try, go across the township line. So, yeah. Suck it. <laughs> My car needs a tune-up now. Suck it. <laughs> it's kind of gone boom, 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 boom when, it's get, when it gets really hot. Okay. Hmm. Well, I think it's time to wrap this up. I'm going to do a ranking. Sure. Um, Ten Commandments first, Oval a second, but they were both delicious. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this different formatted episode of Crafty Radio. Hope Hopefully you enjoyed, you enjoyed the uh, conversation. Because there's a lot more conversation than there was beer. But it was all beer related. related. Except for the, the beginning, which is website related, which is tangentially beer related. Because related. It's, yeah, it's really a And then this show. isn't beer related. This is. Talking about the fact that we, what we talked it's about. It's very meta, yeah. Yeah, it is meta. But but I'm a meta fan. So. All right. So. How, how far uh, down the rabbit hole will we go? I hope we don't get fired from our own podcast. <laughs> oh, Dan Harper. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are bigger.